Hello, and welcome back to Heartwork, the podcast all about love, relationships, dating, and the work of the heart. My name is Tom Lloyd. I am your host, and I keep saying this tagline. It's all about love, relationships, dating, and the work of the heart. And it's true. We're going to talk about all of those things today. But it comes up to me today to tell you that this show is really all about you, the person out there listening. It's about your heart, where it's at, checking in where it's been with what I'm offering you here today. This show is about people who love love and people who show up for love and people who are willing to do the work to like unlock that next level of love for them wherever they might be in that journey. So if you're here and you're continuing to be here, that is probably you. You're a lover. And you know what? I love that. And today I have two very special guests that are going to help you check in with your heart. Uh, They are very near and dear to me and my life. And they are actually the people that I'm quarantining with right now. And I have the great blessing to be in their home during this whole situation. Uh, Their names are Grace and Melinda, and they are two giant hearts and they are such great role models of what it means to live a life based on love not only in their relationship but that love extends far beyond to their friends and their family and everything they touch they are absolutely exceptional i love them so much i'm so happy to share them with you And funny enough, one of the biggest things you're probably going to take away from these two is what it means to be single. And so even though they're a relationship, they have this great outlook on being single and what that looked like before they got into this really important relationship that they're in now. So if you're single and that's you, you're definitely going to want to listen to this. And even if you're not, there's so much to gain from these two. They're so rich uh, in their perspective. And I don't want to say any more. I just want to get down to the heart of it. It is such a pleasure to introduce to you my two lovely friends and really family members, Grace and Melinda Pokola. Here they are. Hey, Grace and Melinda, how's it going? Hi, Tom. We're going, it's going all right. Everything's going great. I haven't seen you in a long time. (laughs) Wait, are we supposed to admit that you're in our basement right now? (laughs) (laughs) We are living together right now. Yes. That's right. We're the quarantine. Where are we? We are in the Hudson Valley. Yes, specifically in the town of Marlboro, which is about five miles outside of New Paltz like an hour and a half north of New York City. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the mountains. In the mountains. <laughs> in the mountains. And, okay, is there anything else you want to say about that right now? I feel like if there's any place to be quarantined, it's definitely, like, in the serenity of nature. So, like, I feel like we have that going for us. And I feel like we are all taking care of each other pretty well in the in in relation to what, what our needs are, whether that's, you know, um, food or communication or, or whatever else have you or talking things through. or So I think we're all in pretty okay shape in that respect. Yeah, I feel like we're a pretty good unit. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
And um, I'm glad that you're going to get to describe the queer family situation that I don't have to. <laughs> you mean like in terms of the quarantine or in terms of health? No, like, <laughs> like the whole Evan situation and everything. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm so interested for people to hear your perspective of that. We yeah. are really excited to talk about that. That's the cool. thing we love talking and about. And that definitely would take up a big portion of this because there's definitely a lot of background. <laughs> there is a lot of background and um, I want to honor it. And yeah, there's a queer family thing going on here and it, there's a lot to it. It's very simple for us though, I want to say that. We're definitely the least confused. <laughs> We're the le- <laughs> we, we are the least confused of everybody. And yeah. um, it makes sense that this is where I am, I think. like universally it couldn't be a better time uh to be with you guys actually Mm -hmm. um so let's just get into it the first question is just who are you and how do you want to be framed so i like to give everybody the freedom to just say you guys are the first you guys (laughs) maybe you won't frame yourselves that way um um, are the first couple so who are you and how do you want to be framed So my name is Grace. I'm a science teacher. Um, I'm 36. I'm married to Melinda. Seven years today, actually. It's our anniversary. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I feel like every time I get a question like, how do you want to be framed? I feel like weirdly boxed in by that question because I feel like there's so many facets to my personality that people experience so many things with me differently or experience me differently. Um, like I will never forget within like a two day span, someone called me a bro and someone called me a hipster. And I thought that was such a bizarre, like dichotomous, like boxing of me. Cause I was like, that's a very strange thing. Those are two opposite appeals. So, so I guess like I, I want to be framed as multifaceted. I guess that's the answer, <laughs> but also somebody who loves horror movies and music. <laughs> this is why I give you the freedom. Yeah. And cooking. I love to love cooking. <laughs> and I love anything, to be a caretaker. That's also anything else you want to share about yourselves or your even your relationship since it's a couple that we're talking to here? Sure. Um, we got married in 2013. Um, we met in 2011. Um, Melinda proposed to me on our first anniversary, and then we got married um, just like like 15 months after that. Like you know, so. Yeah, I proposed to her uh, at the Smith College greenhouse in like the most phallic room ever. It was like a room full of cactuses <laughs> or cacti. And I, I don't, it, there was like a big school field trip that day. And so like, I didn't know there was gonna be all these like mass amounts of kids around. So I was like rushing Grace through all the different rooms and the only room open was the cactus room. I was like, I guess this is where I'm proposing. It's amongst like, these so funny. cacti, like, yeah. In the room, you know, yeah. Yeah. lack of resources. Oh, yeah, yeah, what a mess. We were so young and so broke. Yeah. Uh, so, so and, um, and we bought a house uh, the house that we're all quarantining in, um, like three and a half years ago. Yeah, like three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, and had Evan 
um, 15 months ago. Yeah, and I think that like we'd like to, as in our, within the context of our relationship and like the home that we attempt to always keep is that we've always wanted a home, like our home together and our relationship to exude welcomeness, like people being welcome and a house full of uh, vibrant energy and music and good food and good conversation. And I think we've done a really good job of um, kind of making our space reflect those parts of our relationship. Absolutely. I would say that's true. And I would say it's evolving (laughs) (laughs) to even more Mm -hmm. all the time. Growth mindset. I feel like we talk about that a lot. Yes. (laughs) My friend Cameron, actually, I went through a period where Cameron was like, if you told, if you tell me to have a growth mindset one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's something we talk about a lot. A lot. As a couple, you know, it's something we frame our relationship on as well. So maybe that's something, you know, that's something that could be something to dive into. Yeah. Okay. Next question. You've been framed. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What would you label our connection as? Well, our connection has evolved a lot. Um, You know, I originally know you through, this is so funny because I've listened to other episodes of Heartwork and um, Jay is my cousin and Jay is named Mm -hmm. as keeps coming up over and over again so um, yeah so I'm Jay is my cousin and um so I first met you when we were teenagers and you'd come up to um our family vacation um because you know you came up to our family vacation for years and years and so we were friends and um and then you know when Melinda and I were trying to start a family like you just opened up your heart and gave us this beautiful gift that we will forever be grateful for you know so what's um, the gift Evan the baby, <laughs> baby. <laughs> for listeners who aren't in the know that is one of Evan's words that he's very proud of <laughs> and he says it just like that baby <laughs> so. yeah I would like I would describe like our relationship with you as like I don't know, like a, like a, I would, I would, I would call our relationship with you as more of a, like a soul connection. I feel, I feel like it's like, it's the connection is, is greater than kind of like the descriptive words that you could like have for something. Like, I don't think there's, I mean, yeah, there's baby daddy, but like, <laughs> I mean, other than that, I feel like, I feel like it's more. Extra- Which you do be honest. You pull out pictures of me and you're like, Hey, look at our baby daddy. <laughs> All the time. We usually say gaby daddy. Gaby, gaby daddy. Yeah. But um, yeah, and you know, when uh, when COVID-19 started happening, like Melinda and I were just instantly like, we got to make sure Tom's okay, you know, because you're family. So, you know, that's the, the term for it too. It's just family. So that's what I would say too. I would say it is we are family, strangely not. I mean, it's kind of always evolving, mm-hmm. but I think... You know, when people would ask me about this situation, they always ask me about Evan. Mm. And I would be like, yeah, he's cute or whatever. But like, (laughs) and he is. But I would be like, I'm more interested in Grace and Melinda right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's more about us three than it is about him, even though he's obviously an important part of the whole situation. Yeah. I've just been over like the last year tuning into, it's like, oh, we're actually family like it's like it like it like keeps hitting me and it's like and this whole situation works where we're spending extensive time together feels like it's like it's just like solidifying like I feel like we will look back on this time I keep look thinking about how we will look back at this time yeah and that it just that it's like yeah 
it just feels like the perfect time to be here and it feels like yeah we're family so I also feel like it's almost even like to some extent it feels to me like a sibling ship in a way like I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I feel like Tom's like Melinda if you talk about hot sauce one more time I'm gonna like kill you or I'm like Tom if you talk about the matrix one more time I'm gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> yes but then the, okay. the love is there too. the love is there okay so let's go into first memories really quick okay we have like double the amount of sharing so maybe we can be quick about it well, what is your first memory of me and i'll share my first memories of you Oh my gosh. I don't know. Like, my memory doesn't really... Okay, I don't remember... Okay, I'll say it for you, Grace. Okay. My first memory of you is, well, first of all, going up to the lake, which is where the Pokola family has their big gathering. I think both of my mem- first memories of you are at the lake, actually. Yeah. I don't think but, I see you outside of the lake for a long time. you want to describe the lake? Grace? Sure. Yeah. The lake is, um, it's this small lake in Minnesota and Minnesota has, you know, thousands of lakes. So it's not a special lake, um, but it's very, very, very special to us. And um, my extended family has been going there for 40 years. So it's um, just this, this beautiful tradition. Like um, it's almost tribal. Like I feel um, so many other families have traditions or things that they do, but for us, it's this deep, I don't, it's... It's a culture. It, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's part of the Kokla culture to, to go to this, this, not vacation even, like this togetherness. Like this ritual. This, yeah. <laughs> yes. no, it's, it's true, especially now. My grandparents um, have passed away. They've been gone for years and years. And at this point, the kids who are playing together aren't cousins, they're second cousins, or in some case, even further apart than that. So um, yeah, it's just this, this beautiful thing that my family has been doing forever. And it's great. So that's the lake. My first time I heard about the lake, Jay came back from it and was like, yeah, I learned that I was doing one arm pushups and got my, I shaved my armpit hair and got drunk. And I was like, <laughs> and he was like, like, <laughs> he was like 15 <laughs> and I was like, what is that? And then I went the next year and then we were around a fire and I, it was, you know, I don't drink anymore, but it was like when I was starting to drink around. And then I remember there's this famous story about how I was hitting on you, Grace. Yes. except <laughs> About how I was trying to make out with you. <laughs> I was. I thought I was actually talking to your sister Lori. And Wait, I, you were talking to Lori, Tom. Was I? Oh, okay, I was talking to Lori. I thought I was talking to you, and I was like, "Grace, let's go make out in the woods." And it's this whole funny story because you're a big lesbian and I'm the big gay guy, and like that's my first memory of you, pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's such a great story. My family talked about it for years and years because um, especially once we both came out because it was just like, Tom just wanted to be a Pocolo so bad. <laughs> yes. And now he is. And now I am. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh-huh. And Melinda? You know, it's like I was trying to jog my memory because I can't remember if my first experience meeting you was at the lake or at the love party, but I feel like uh, those two things happened Um like in the same year. So I, I don't remember what, which was what, but um, I mean, the first time I met you at the lake, you were naked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the first time I met you at the love party, you were half naked. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like my first memory of you was like someone who wanted me to not be naked. And I was like, <laughs> 
I was like, this lady's not going to last. <laughs> but I feel like to bring that in, I feel like, you know, the other question I usually ask is when did our hearts first connect? Mm -hmm. And I feel like Melinda, especially, I feel like uh, kind of, especially going through this process and coming up here and moving to New York and like really, I feel like me and you end up getting into all these long conversations, like especially late at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we have many a late night conversation. There's just like a special connection, I think, that's been building. And um, Grace, I don't know, where do you feel like our hearts connected? I feel like it was early. I feel like it's always been. Yeah, I mean, my whole family has just like loved you forever. Like, it was so interesting yeah. when, um, when I told my family, you know, that you had um, donated to us and that um, you were going to be Evan's uncle. Um, my family was like, Tom Lloyd, that's great. Good choice. <laughs> so I, was like, I don't know. It's funny, but. You know, it's so interesting. There's been so many various uh, reactions, but I, I don't think that we've heard any negative reactions, like from anybody that were like, oh yeah, you know, like Tom helped to give Evan life. You know, I think everybody has been very like happy or for example, like I feel like my family like loves you so much. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> but I mean, this was something I wanted to touch on later, um, especially when we talk about how Evan was made and just about our decisions regarding that. But one thing that um, I just have to say is like Melinda and I both blessed to have just tremendously accepting, loving families. So it was, I didn't even think it crossed our mind that anyone would have a problem with mm -hmm. it because our families are amazing. So, you know, we're yeah. really that way yeah that's one of the biggest things also that i didn't realize when i was getting into this was that i was gonna also have all of melinda's family be a part of my family now too because yeah. <laughs> they're both huge families if you know these yeah. families they're like giant families yeah um, maybe we should frame that for yeah. uh, listeners because you know we mentioned the lake and it's it's really it's a huge tradition and a huge family because um my father and jay's mom um are two of seven and on Melinda's side her mom um is one of 11 so we have these huge 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 families and all of my family like lives within a 10 mile radius of each other like we're in each other's business 24 7 like it's very new york yeah just the other day Melinda hurt her shoulder and she told her mom and then with within half an hour she had two odds texting her about it so yeah so that's that's our situation mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you are big family people, and I feel yeah. like we are definitely going to talk about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask you, I feel like this is a good chance to just say this, because I like to get it towards the beginning, which is how, just like if you had to check in today, how are you? How are your hearts? What's on your heart? It's your anniversary today. Yeah. And also, we just learned that it's what, Melinda? Uh, it is also Lesbian Visibility Day. <laughs> <laughs> we did not know that when we got married until uh -huh. <laughs> <that> today <laughs> yeah. and i'm feeling i'm feeling the gayness my heart's filled with queerness right now <laughs> i just thought i i found that out today and i was like oh my word okay <laughs> all right i love it <laughs> it's too good um i don't know i'm feeling really happy today it's really uh i feel very elevated by it being our anniversary. I always really love celebrating things that directly re revolve around mine and Grace's love. <laughs> so like I love Valentine's Day. I love, uh, you know, celebrating accomplishments together. And I love celebrating, you know, the years 
that we've spent building our life and our love together. So I'm feeling great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'm feeling good too. Um, you know, with the quarantine and everything that's happening in the world, like I've definitely been up and down and I've had like really dark days where I was just like, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling energy um, from other folks or just, you know, the, what's going on. Um, Cause it's such a, a big and an awful thing, but, um, but today specifically, I, I feel great. <laughs> yeah. And well, the interesting thing too, is that like, the one thing that I th- feel like is is uh, important to mention, like about love and, and relationships, is like um, one of my favorite things about being in a relationship with Grace specifically and the way that we communicate is we um, are really like the way we handle hardship together. I feel is just money. One of many reasons why we love each other. I feel like we really handle situations like what's going on with COVID um, and other stressful situations really well together. I think we're really good at communicating during them and navigating them. And I think that's a really important part of our relationship and, and a lot of relationships because there are hard times, you know, that, that folks go through and that's a consistent, that's a consistent life thing. There's always going to be tough times and either multiple years of it or once or twice a year or whatever. And I feel like we have always tackled hardships as a team and as like a duo and like done a really good job of navigating those circumstances. So I feel like specifically this is definitely going to be one of like one of those. I think that we (laughs) are handling it quite well, actually. I think that we have done, we've been communicating till we're blue in the face. (laughs) So, (laughs) so but yeah, so that feels good too. As much as this is like these, as we've all been saying here in our quarantine, these uncertain times. Uh, challenging times. Challenging times. Challenging, yeah. uncertain times. <laughs> yeah, are, are actually a good way to, you know, to really hone in those communication skills and like to really, you know, um, be grateful for like what, what I have in a partner, so. Even with a toddler who's very frustrated about communicating. Oh yeah. Oh, he's so frustrated. Mm-hmm. He just wants everything to happen by saying "baby" or "ball ball." And it doesn't. It doesn't. It requires more than that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a good, I wanted to just ask you like what your story, I feel like I've heard this story of how you've gotten together or like where you two, I feel like it's to me, what's actually most interesting about your story is where you both were before you found each other. Yeah. So I feel like, especially cause it's your anniversary, like telling this story and just getting it recorded is almost enough for this episode. So I, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Sure, sure. And- well, we met on OkCupid. Um, you know, like many people do, we met online. Um, In what year, though? Because OkCupid right now feels like weird to me. Oh yeah, yeah you could, were mentioning this. We were just, like okay, Cupid shippers, and you're like, oh no, not now. Um, yeah. It was 2010, and like the very beginning of 2011. Mm-hmm. That's okay. when we met. So 2010, uh, okay, Cupid. Missed, yeah, we missed the Tinder. We missed all of Thank that. Thank goodness. We were like at the beginning of the internet dating kind of capacity. I mean, at that time, there was eHarmony, uh, Match, and OkCupid, and Out.com, which I was also on. So. <laughs> I, I think about Tinder. I'm like, I feel like. I don't, it's swipe right if you want to keep somebody, right? I don't know. I've never done Tinder. It's, oh, okay. It's, it feels okay. like a straight thing to me. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> I feel like it is very hetero. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I would just swipe to keep everybody because I'd feel bad. Anyway, that's what I was My saying. reaction to Tinder was like, please, we've been doing this for years before you guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I just like never, it's like there's gay stuff on there, but I just am like, eh. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I hear that. Um, okay, so, but I think that um, what you're referring to in terms of it being so funny is um, that Melinda and I had just totally separately, obviously we didn't know each other, just totally separately just decided that we had given up on love. And um, I'll speak for myself, but I think I'm speaking for both of us. It wasn't a sad thing. It wasn't like, oh, I'm heartbroken forever. I'm never going to find love. I was very like matter of fact about it. I was like, okay, I guess that didn't happen for me. I'm going to move to Minnesota and have a baby. <laughs> that was my plan. Melinda, would you like to share your plan? Yeah. Like I had like, I had at that point in my life, I was 25, I think 24. I had had a, I had had one, I had had like probably like I, I guess if you, I don't know what counts as a serious relationship, but I definitely had one serious relationship that lasted about two years and my heart was like broken into a million pieces for a very long time after that relationship. Um, but, and then I had another relationship um, that was like a, a year long, but with a person who I'm still very good friends with now, we're like best friends. It's like that happens sometimes too, especially in the gay world. Like you get involved in like a relationship with someone and they're like, oh wait, we should have been friends all along, but like we weren't. So now me and this person, our friend Jess, hi Jess, if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, you probably will be, is like one of my best friends. And it's like one of those circumstances. But so those the one that lives down the road? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, pineapple cake Jess. Yeah, what? Okay, <laughs> that's some tea. That's some tea. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we dated okay. for a very short period of time. And if we probably always should have been friends. We probably never should have dated. Um, but now we like are best friends. This is like 10 years later or however long. So Okay. Um, Good yeah, to know. that is some lesbian shit that always <laughs> happens, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, so like, so I had spent like two years, three years kind of like dating, uh, little, you know, kind of like flings and stuff like that. And I was just kind of like, you know, like maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't for me, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not like meant to like find uh, somebody that I meant to be married to and be with forever. Maybe, maybe that's why it's not happening for me because it's not meant for me. So I started thinking about, well, what is meant for me? And then I got this idea. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to move to New England. Somehow, some way I'm going to move to New England and I want to like maybe get odd jobs and be like a fisherman or something. <laughs> you said you wanted to buy a houseboat. A houseboat. Yeah. I really wanted to buy a houseboat. So Melinda was on the track to buy a houseboat and I was yeah. on track to just have a baby by myself which yeah. is very telling of each of us uh -huh. <laughs> and I was just kind of like this is what I'm gonna do and like I was kind of trying to figure out that plan and kind of like see exactly what that looked like but I was still an okay cupid because I was like uh, well while I'm on the way to that plan I might as well hook up with people so right <laughs> you know sorry mom if you're listening you know? but that's true like that's just the thing of life yeah so. <laughs> yeah to the point where I I think both of our profiles said that we weren't looking for something serious because I didn't want something serious. I was going to move to Minneapolis and have a baby. So. Yeah, my profile said interested in friendships. And what was the other one? Um, it wasn't like relationship. It was like there was another word for it. It was so long ago, I can't remember. But yeah, uh, but, then, but then we we met and um, and mm -hmm. <laughs> Melinda, like I, we always say that she's witchy and she is more intuitive than I am. So Melinda was like, wow, this is like, it and I was like oh my gosh what are you talking about <laughs> I was like really scared <laughs> I okay wait so let's go into that in a second because I but I do want to just highlight that I feel like there when I've listened to this story in the past and even when I listen to it now there's something that's important about like the state of being that you both were in oh sure I feel like there's something that's like yeah I'm not gonna 
hold back my life for this idea of love. I'm yeah. just gonna go. There's some type of like pure resolve that was in both of you that I don't think a lot of people have. It's really true. Like I, in to this day, like I'm very in love with Melinda. We have a great marriage. Like, you know, there's nothing about like being in this relationship that I regret, but I loved being single. I was really happy being single. I was totally fulfilled being single. And for me, like I was look, well, you know, until I had given up and decided that I was done. <laughs> I was looking for a partner, but I was also, I don't, I was, I so enjoyed my, my time being single and I, I felt really fulfilled. Like I didn't feel like I needed a partner at any point. I just, you know, I, I always kind of thought like, oh yeah, I'll get married. But like, I was really satisfied in my life when I was single before I met Melinda. Melinda, how were you when you were single? Cause I'm just, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I feel like the, when I was single, I feel like the best description of me was like always three beers deep and like a half a pack of cigarettes. That was single Melinda, like always consistently and like ordering Domino's and like, I don't, I, well, that's kind of what it came to. I actually wasn't happy being single and I was like, but I was putting too much context on it. And that's when I decided like, I need to change some things like be like, I'm clearly unhappy, but like. I don't think I'm unhappy because um, I, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm unhappy because I'm putting too much emphasis on love. And so that's mm. kind of, that's when I decided like I need to step back. I have to change some things, and that, that starts with my perspective first. And so then I had to kind of start training my perspective to be like you have to live your life for you, not for the idea of what could become. And so I, that's what I started doing. And I actually, the whole, that was, that's what I was doing the whole year before I met Grace, um, was really kind of like being in love with my best friends and like being in love with like, uh, you know, the city and like, and, and channeling that as opposed to like trying to find the one. I just enjoyed probably the best times in my life that I ever had with my best friends in New York City. Um, I mean, as far as friendship goes, not relationship best I've like, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like I really honed my love in that and I like really um, put all of my energy into my friendships at that point and like, and really happy I did that. Um, because A, when I met Grace, that I was like so ready to love in in a more mature way, but also I felt like I had just truly um, built a really nice foundation of friendship support and stuff like that too. And had experiences. And had experiences. I traveled a lot. I did a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I went on this really awesome like two-week hike with one of my best friends. Like we, I did a lot of stuff uh, once I decided like I was going to stop a stop a dating people who weren't right for me too because that's something I was doing a lot of but also stop just really um trying to find the person by like like almost to the other thing was that like I felt like a lot of the people I was dating I was like even before the first date I was going into it like is this going to be the person and like I stopped doing that as well and like really had a really nice like I said two-year span where it was all about me it was all about my friendships and if I was hooking up with people, that was cool. But like, I wasn't like looking for uh, the one I was looking for me. And I think that's important. So I think there was like, that was like a whole three year kind of journey for me. Yeah. Yeah. So Thanks for sharing that. 
Okay, so what happened when you guys met? Oh, because, like, I'm crazy, right? So as soon as, like, I had inbox Grace on OpenCupid <laughs> because I thought she had such a beautiful smile. And I was like, this girl's got a nice smile. Like, I could, like, get down with her. Like, you know, she's in the city. Like, maybe I'll be in the city or whatever. And, like, we hadn't really talked because, like, Grace had, like, a very strict rule about that that I actually didn't have. Like, Okay, um, that was because of, like, a disastrous experience once where I had this, like, really intense online connection with somebody and then, like, met them and had, like, no physical connection. And so my rule was, like, no, I will not get to know you. Like, we will meet right away. <laughs> so, yeah. That happened to me, too. That also happened to me. I had a couple of experiences where, like, the connection was there online, and then a person was like, this "Yeah, was, like weird." Yeah, you know? so that was just my own personal thing. So yeah, so we talked on the phone once because I think it made you a little bit more comfortable about meeting in person. Yeah, I just wanted to ensure that, like, the person something comforting in, in the sensing of the person's voice to make sure they didn't sound, you know, like 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 this was a dangerous situation or something. You yeah. Know? Um, which, you know, it's, yeah, that's then, a real thing in online, especially back then, maybe not so much anymore, but. But then I messed up our dates. <laughs> yeah. So like I had like, so this is, this is where, this is actually a funny story. So Grace and I had like arranged this like first date, um, and she, uh, had pink eye. So she had to cancel. Which Melinda thought I was lying. I thought it was a lie. But I it was, was the like, truth. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a lie, and I was like, all right, whatever, but then she hit me back up, and I was like, okay, so maybe it wasn't a lie, and then I arranged this really fun date out in, uh, in Green, in Greenpoint, uh, in Brooklyn, uh, to go to this really cool bar that I used to go to a lot that was, like, this kind of, like, biker fun bar, and then we were gonna go to Christina's, which is really, really, really great Polish food, to which I found out, this is so funny, that all of Grace's friends were like, who goes to Greenpoint? And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, but Greenpoint's awesome. Now nobody you can get enough of Greenpoint, okay? <laughs> Let's just say. But, okay, so background information on myself is that, like, I am so directionally challenged. Like, I, like, could not find my way out of a paper bag. Like, honestly, if it weren't for, like, the fact that our phones tell us where to go, I could not be a functioning adult. <laughs> so, uh, so I was trying to go to this date with Melinda, and I legitimately, honestly got lost. And I was like, I, I'm not going to make this date. I don't even know where I am. I don't know where you are. And Melinda's like, this girl just ditched me again. <laughs> like, twice. So yeah. I was like, okay, you know what? Forget it. Like, <laughs> It's not worth it, whatever. And then she hit me back up, and I was like, what is with this girl? Like, this is, like, ridiculous. <laughs> and so then uh, I was like, all right, fine. So at this point, I, like, care, like, nothing. Of, of <laughs> My, like, tears of dates kept going down. Like, the first one Melinda had planned so special. The second one, she's like, all right, you know, it's a nice place. The third one, she's like, just meet me somewhere. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, I had a date that morning with someone else. And okay, okay. Yeah, so I had a date yeah. with this woman that morning, uh, and I was staying at my best friend Mickey's apartment, and I was like, cool, I'll go on this date, we'll go back to Mickey's, then I'll go on the second date, and then me and Mickey and my cousin Christina will go out on the Upper East Side to the bars and, like, have a good time, like, whatever. Um, and the first date was hilarious because it was me 
and I can't remember her name. Um, she was so nice. She was such a sweet girl. Um, she, we both showed up wearing skateboard t-shirts and like blazers. Like they matched. Like we matched. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, oh no. And we were both like, cool, nice to meet you. Maybe we'll be friends, you know. Uh, just was, we're way too much like alike. Um, so then uh, you know, Mickey's like, okay, when are you going out with the other girl? Uh, and I was like, oh, blah, blah. She's like, oh, which one was this? I was like, oh, Grace. And she was like, again with this girl, Melinda? Like, really? You're really going on another? Fine. Okay. So then, uh, I go to Brother Jimmy's, which as you know, is like a chain barbecue restaurant because it was like a block away from Mickey's yeah, house. At this point, she was just like, done with me. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, yeah, I didn't get Burger King. Yeah. And at, <laughs> at this point, my cousin's coming into the city and she's like, what do you mean you're going on a date? I was like, please, this is going to last like a half an hour. We'll get a beer, whatever. And like, then, you know, the three of us will go out for the night. It'll be a good time. She's like, okay. So then I go on the date. Grace walks in super nervous because she's 30 minutes late whatever I got lost <laughs> so, oh um, man grace I'm like literally it's about really to bad <laughs> and I'm like yo if this girl's not I'm never trying with her again so I'm like oh, you know what f it I'm gonna order myself a beer and an appetizer <laughs> So I so, deserve it. I deserve it. And then so she comes in, she looks so nervous. She's like a hot mess. And I'm like, oh my God, she's like really upset that she's so late. So then as it turns out, she sat down, she ordered the pulled pork sandwich. <laughs> I thought that was dope. I was like, oh, okay. She ordered the pulled pork. I like that in a lady. Okay, very good. So, uh, and we actually had a really good time. We wound up like having a couple drinks and the date was going for a really long time for like an hour two hours yeah, yeah really for like long time. two hours and then my cousin Christina was texting me like bitch where are you like we're ready to go like and I was like okay like should I ask her if she wants to come with us and Christina was like I guess and so I was like hey I'm actually supposed to go to this bar with my best friend and my cousin like do you want to come? And Grace was like, okay. And like, she hung out with us till like two in the morning. And, and I think that, like I think Melinda was really impressed by that. That yeah. I was like, yeah, like all into this situation. Like this date's going great. Of course I'd meet your cousin and best friend, you know? Yeah. And mm. it, they were, uh, it was, she was like so down for it that I was like, that is so cool. Um, and then the other thing was that, uh, that I keep, my cousin makes fun of me until this day about is I kept high-fiving her because I, I started to get nervous because I was like, yo, I think I like really like this girl. Like this is, this feels like a little like crazy, like this whole date. And I was like, now I'm nervous. So then I started. <laughs> you were on top. Now you're nervous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my cousin, at one point, um, Melinda's cousin was, like put her hand up for a high five and Melinda high fived her and she like death gripped Melinda's head. It was like, stop high fiving her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Mickey uh, Mickey was like, Melinda, if you smoke another cigarette, I'm going to kill you. You smell like an ashtray. This girl's never coming back. You've got to stop smoking your brains out. I was like half a pack of cigarettes deep. I quit smoking just so everybody knows. <laughs> I haven't smoked in like six years, but like I was definitely a heavy smoker back then, back in the day. Um, but yeah. Uh, so then push came to shove. Then Grace is like, walk me to the subway. I was like, cool. And I didn't expect it, but then she laid one on me and I was like, all right, like she made the move. So, and then I was like, okay. And then she was just like, okay, bye. And like left. And then I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I'll text her. Did you get home safe? And then she was like, yeah. I got him safe. Bye. I was like, oh my God, Grace. I was just like, 
playing all these games that I didn't even realize I was playing. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. what I was doing. And then, I'm just really lucky Belinda stuck around through it all. Yeah, because then it came down to like, then Valentine's Day was, was a couple like, weeks later. I was like, can I talk about Valentine's Day? Yeah, you can talk about Valentine's so, Day. So <laughs> I had just always had a horrible Valentine's Day. And I, you know, I, I was just saying that I was so happy being single and I absolutely was. But like one point of like bitterness for me or whatever was Valentine's Day. I hated Valentine's Day. Like I thought it was just awful. Even when I was in relationships for Valentine's Day, they were always awful. Like once I got food poisoning, like it just, this, this day had never been good for me. So Melinda, I think we'd gone out like two or three times and, you know, always had like a really good time. We had this great connection. And so Melinda called and was like, Hey, like, what are you doing Tuesday or whatever it was? Because I'd like to go out. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, I'm free Tuesday. And she goes, oh, okay. Cause it's Valentine's day. So, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, so Melinda got off the phone and was like, oh my God, this girl hates me. <laughs> Yeah, and at that point, I, like, called Mickey, and I was like, yo, like, she freaked out, and Mickey was like, that's okay, like, we'll do Galentine's, and so, like, Mickey and I went out for a really nice, expensive steak dinner together, we got, we shared, like, a Russell Stover heart of chocolates, you know, when we were both kind of, like, going, talking about these relationships that she was in a relationship at that point, or getting into one that wasn't working out, and same thing, seemed like the same thing was happening with me, so we just spent the night doing that, and then I was like, I'm just not gonna call her like this is this is getting annoying now I'm putting in all the effort like she ditched me three times now she can't twice. even like commit to well twice ditched once late um you know she I was like she you know she's not uh you know whatever so I was like you know what whatever like if if I don't want to deal with this I already told myself I wasn't gonna get caught up in trying to like make someone the one so I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to forget about her. Can I just stop right there, Melinda? Because I feel like a lot of people need to hear this as well. Like, what was was your line on that? Like, how did you, do you know what I mean? Like, when people are messing around with games for you, like, because I know you're obsessive with some stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, just like normal stuff, like the Instacart order for the groceries. Like, we, you know, we're we're all over that, like a bag of chips. So I know when Grace was there, you were probably very obsessive, and people can get obsessive. They're dating with the texting and, and the not showing up or this, or, like, how should people treat me, or I'm trying to, you know, establish a line of respect or whatever. Like, what do you feel like got you? Say more yeah. about that. I think what got me to that place of, like, you know, maybe I, I don't think that this is this is like, I need to kind of put my foot down and draw the line in the sand and kind of maybe walk away from the situation is because I had like resided to uh, not go forward with things that made me feel bad. Like once it started to feel like kind of bad and like I felt rejected and my feelings were hurt, then I was like, why am I going to put up with this? Because the truth of the matter is, and I doubt this girl will ever listen to this episode. I dealt with such a, uh, just give a fake name I'll give the fake name her name was I'll call her KK because that was her initials um she put me through the ringer like I like we were just dating and it wasn't like that serious but like she was just mean like all the time but it was hot right like uh but like she just like and after like months of that I was like why am I doing this why am I like letting this person like kind of like essentially treat me like ragdoll like toss me around call me when she wants uh call me when she you know not call me for weeks if she doesn't want like you know whatever so that was was when I was like you know I'm not doing that again and so by, at, by this point, Grace and I had been doing that for a month. And I was like, well, maybe it's another one of those situations. So I better cut it. 
um, cut it in the bud, cut the bud, what, what's that saying? Nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud <laughs> uh, before it even gets to that point, like, because I'm already starting to feel hurt. Catch feeling. Yeah. Catch feelings, feel hurt. Like, I'm not trying to be, you know, like that guy on Love is Blind. <laughs> Mark. 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 Oh, Mark. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Mark. <laughs> I know. We've all been Mark. I have totally been Mark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, what happened then? Grace messed up valentine's day i did I, but it i mean i had an amazing day that day yeah. so i can't regret it why were I, you having such a good day well so i you know i was determined it was bound i was bound to determine to hate valentine's day like i always did and then i was sitting i was sitting with a friend with my friend aaron and we were like okay we're just gonna put on pajama pants and watch something and then our friend Sarah Berman was like, hey, you guys need to put on pants and meet me out. And we ended up going to this like karaoke ballad sing-along and just had this amazing, incredible night. So <laughs> Melinda tells the story. She's like, you were so mean. And I was like, I was mean, but I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's kind of when I was like, um, you know, like I, I also saw that she went out on... <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that was like the worst thing. Oh, man. So I'm sitting there. It's like, I know. I was it's awful. It's like two in the awful. morning. Two in the morning. Mickey and I are like, you know, how many bottles beer deep or whatever, smoking cigarettes. And I just happen to go on Facebook. I'm like, yo, she like went out with like a bunch of friends tonight and put it on Facebook where she knows I can see it. And Mickey was like, yo, enough. Melinda's like, like I'm done. done. I'm done with Be this done. girl. She's Be a done. joker. And so Again then, with a sense of resolve. Yeah. So so that's where I was just, yeah, Valentine was, was a line in the sand. It felt like directly hurting me or directly disregarding me or directly not giving shit. So I was like, all right, like, fine. And so I didn't call her for yeah. like, or text her or anything. And it wasn't even a game. I wasn't trying to get her to do these things. I just decided I was not going to. And I think it's really like- Amazing. Yeah, for me, like just looking back on that now, and I'm so grateful that Melinda stuck around through it, but it's one of those things where I was putting up my own roadblocks. Like mm -hmm. it, it truly, I did hurt Melinda, but it had nothing to do with her. It was my own experience. Like I had just decided that this day sucked for me. And so I like, you know, potentially could have like lost this beautiful relationship because I had decided that like I wasn't going to enjoy Valentine's Day. It's like the stupidest thing in the world. But luckily I Yeah, so then I'm hanging out a couple <laughs> weeks later. I'm hanging out in Yonkers with my brother and we're at this place called Rory Dolan's getting beers, whatever. A lot of these stories start with Melinda getting beers because that's what Melinda did all through her twenties. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, so my brother and I are getting beers at Rory Dolan's. I get this text from her. What are you up to? And I was like, son of a, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So, here she so, is again. All right. And so I tell my brother, my brother's like, just talk to her. Like maybe like she changed her mind or something or maybe like whatever. So uh, we wound up talking on the phone that night for like two hours and by the end of it, she was asking to be my girlfriend. I was like, all right. Like, okay. okay. Yeah. It's wow. like, yeah. yeah. Melinda was like, yeah, I just had to stop. Like what she said. She was like, she stopped putting it all in and she made me bring, put some of it back, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. You, you were the one who asked me, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, do, I don't. I don't have a linear memory. It was. You yeah. asked me. I remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember because I was like, that's right. Like, I want to be doted upon too, <laughs> you know? Like, I so. feel like this is really huge. 
is that is that you have to let somebody love you back. Yes. And if so they awkward. don't, then they're not really worth your time. Well, and I think that, mm-hmm. you know, going back to what we're saying, like Melinda was saying, she had spent so much time like focusing on herself and her friendships. And, and I was just like very satisfied being single and like ready to be single forever. Like, I think that there's a fear that people have. And it, it, like, it's like, if this person doesn't love me or if I don't try or give them everything, then they might go away. You know, and that's something, it, it, it shapes a lot of people's decision-making, but if you're okay and comfortable, then you can be like, if I don't give this person everything, or if, if I like make them give me some stuff back and, or if they go away, like I I'll be okay. And it's, it's, it's not a, an emergency, you know? So it, it actually makes you like, Linda and I talk about this all the time. Um, because we were, we're both so grateful that we were single. We had been single for, um, I think I'd been single for like two and a half years and you'd been single for at least a year or I think, I think about two years. Okay. Yeah. So we'd both been single for a couple of years when we met and we both talk about how like we have friends who are serial monogamists. And I feel like if you don't make the space to be single and to actually wait, like you just end up falling into these relationships with people who, who aren't right for you or who aren't, um, you know. Like, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm talking in circles, but you have to, you have to be like totally willing to let someone go or totally willing to be alone before you can actually find someone who's the right fit. Why do you think that is? Well, otherwise you just end up like going for the next person, whoever, whoever they are. You know, it's like, you get so afraid of like losing this person that you don't like, you don't know who you're going to meet tomorrow or next week or a year from now, you know? And um, like, if you're like, oh, I have to have this person because they're right in front of me, then you are actually robbing yourself of the opportunity to meet like someone who could be much better for you, you know, um, if you're staying with the wrong person, so. And that's, well, that's the, that's the thing I need the listeners to understand. It wasn't like, oh, we missed those two dates and then uh, we went on that date and then after that was Valentine's Day, we were like seeing each other for a whole month before it happened. We were like hooking up. We were like, in each other's text messages like we were whatever and like so that's that that's why that line was drawn too because I was like wait I thought we were you know on the way to something here so yeah um but yeah I think Grace is right to that that respect it's like I feel I feel that you definitely have to um it's like a zen thing yeah it's like a zen thing (laughs) okay sorry I shouldn't say that because I am not zen at all but I don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's like you have to be okay without it for it to actually come Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And I think in that moment too, um, because for me, it's really important to not obsess because like I give myself my little obsessions here and there when I have them because like they help me to like kind of hone that perspective of my personality. But like, uh, like I, I had made a conscious decision to stop obsessing over people in my le- like, like in my relationships, love relationships a long time prior to that, because I do feel um, in my first, I, not my like first high school relationship or anything, but like my first big relationship in college was definitely, uh, I had created almost like a problematic environment by obsessing too much, um, about our relationship. Was she going to stay with me forever? Was she mad at me? Like at this point or that point. And like, I definitely drove her away for sure because I was being too, compulsive to obsessive like um to the point where like we get into these fights over petty things and so after that relationship I had decided that I was not going to do that anymore because um it's not healthy a for me and it's not healthy for the person I'm with and so like I actively 
uh, have been proactive in not obsessing directly over people. So that's also why when I met Grace, I, and during that whole process of us, our courtship, I was like, I'm not going to obsess over her directly. And, I, and I'm not going to do that because that's, that's not a healthy way, way of being. Um, you know, I give myself my little celebrity obsessions and my little, <laughs> you know, movie obsessions and that's great. And it's a little treat, but like, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I would say like a big part of why our relationship worked and sprang forward is because I decided to not obsess within my relationship. Mm. So, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that, yeah. And then, but then after that, we were like full speed ahead. <laughs> yeah. Like then it was like right. we were together. Yeah. So then after, yeah. A, you only were dating for a year before you got engaged? Yeah. A year That's and a crazy. Day. That's like uh, the U-Haul lesbian. I know. We yeah. were such serious. Yeah. yeah, everybody was like, they're fucking nuts. What is going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, to the point where Melinda had friends who, like, hated me, who hadn't hadn't met me, but yeah. hated me because they're like, who is this girl that is, like, Melinda is, like, all of a sudden leaving New York, and, like, who is this girl, you know? And then they, they met me, and they're like, oh, okay, like, they're right together. They have this great connection. But, like, everyone in our lives were like, you are moving way too fast. Yeah. And we, 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 we did move crazy fast, but we just knew, like, yeah. we just knew that we had this like forever connection like what was that feeling like because this is I love to tap into what what did that feel like to you how did you know you say we just knew how what did that feel like I don't know how to even describe it um I would describe that feeling of knowingness um about finding your soulmate as feeling otherworldly almost like I feel like you feel like elevated but also grounded like it's just such it's so different like I mean I, yeah it exists just, in this special space and it's also just really strange like because we we look back on like our first year together and like there was a lot of hard times like some stuff I I don't want to go into but like there was some really crazy things that happened but in both of our families there's crazy yeah stuff in our happening. in our families and just our our we were the brokest. So broke. <laughs> My God. I mean, super duper so broke. broke. But like the um, thing that's bizarre is like we were going through this these really tough things and we were brand new and like on paper there's no reason we should have lasted at all. But the truth of the matter is there was never a day. There was never even like a minute when I when I thought about breaking up with Melinda or she thought about breaking up with me like for some reason we just were like nope like it just it I don't know like I don't know how to describe it but like we just knew that we were it and like so even though we were going through the all this messed up stuff and like we'd only been dating for like a few months when all this stuff was happening and it's just like it just didn't even it didn't even occur to me to like ever break up with her like like now like a few a few years ago, she's like, why didn't you break up with me when this happened or something? And I was like, I never even, it, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was never on the, it was never on the menu. It just didn't occur to me. Same. I mean, and I think it's important to talk about this because I feel like not enough people talk about this in the context of relationships. Is that like, we went through some, some hard times together, of course, that weren't of our making or of our doing, but that we were more just affected by, um, that it had nothing to do with like us or our relationship, just with our families going through stuff and stuff. But on top of that, we also like hadn't learned each other yet. Oh yeah. Because it was so new. Oh my gosh. And so I feel like there's something important to say about learning your partner, but not but like continuing to always learn them. Yes. Like you're always growing. And so therefore there's always going to be new things to learn about your partner or new upsets or 
you know, nothing is predictable. And so I feel like having that growth mindset about learning your partner is really important. We've always had that, even if that's not what we called it. Um, but also learning how to argue. Learning how to fight. Learning how to fight is, is so, so important. important. Like, because, because sorry. <laughs> go, Grace, go. I felt like Melinda and I, we, we had to learn how to fight because we both had like, like it was, we had, when we first met, like the way that we both um, reacted to conflict just created this like escalating terrible situation because I have a bad temper, but the way that I, but my, like I burn really hot, but it goes away really quick. So the way that I had dealt with my temper for my whole entire life was like just removing myself from a situation when I was angry and like, just for like a minute, like is enough sometimes for me to like not lose my temper. And so I like, when we first met, like I would try to remove myself, but Melinda, I have a different style. Yeah. Like I am like a jump into the fire communicator. Yeah. I like, I want to like delve into the pits and like communicate to the death of it right yeah. then, right there. Yeah. Talk it through, talk it through, figure out the solution. And I'm like, never, I've never been afraid of doing that. And I, and I think it's also a New York versus Midwest thing. Yeah. Um, we had a culture mm -hmm. clash. <laughs> yeah. There's a culture clash because like, I feel like New Yorkers are very much like that. Like, let's talk about it. What's the angst? Uh, like, you know, so. What's the angst? <laughs> what's the angst? Yeah. You know? So we had to have a communication when we weren't angry where I had to be like, okay, like if I'm angry, like I just need a little bit of space and it doesn't mean that we're going to break up and it doesn't mean that something bad's going to happen, but like, that's what I need. And so it, we had to talk about our fights when we weren't in a fight for mm -hmm. it to work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good that's good advice. Yeah. Talk about the oh, advice. the other advice, like if mm -hmm. I'm just giving relationship advice, um, this is something that someone else told us, and it's I feel it's so important mm. is never fight in the car ever because it's just like really yeah Why? okay because the driver has all the power. You it, first of all you're trapped, you can't escape. The driver is the only one in control. And you, by definition, cannot look at each other. So like, uh -huh. and Melinda and I got that advice and we followed it, like, uh, we follow it as much as we can. And we have found that like, if we have a fight in a car, even if we aren't, even if it's not big, or even if like at the root of it, we are almost agreeing with each other. Like, it's so easy for a fight in a car to escalate. But outside of a car, like, it's different. You look at each other, you know, it's like, there, there's not this weird box that you're stuck in. So we made a relationship rule that, we try to follow all the time that to never fight in a car. Mm -hmm. Like we'll literally pull over if we're arguing. And that doesn't even really happen anymore. I yeah. Mean, well, that's the other thing too. I feel like a part of learning how to fight is like almost like it's essential in a relationship because that's how you lead to not fighting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Grace and I really don't fight. I, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, we, we seldom fight. We don't fight over things that some people fight over. We don't fight over money. We don't fight over petty things. You know, I mean, if we're having a fight, it's because it's a, it's a, some, I feel like a emotional like issue that's affecting us or something like, yeah. so like, I feel like learning how to fight is directly related to us not fighting and not being in fights often. So. Well, it's just communication in general. And communication. Yeah. Communication. Glue in the face. Yeah. Like, you have to communicate, you know? Um, I feel like that's where so much goes downhill. Um, and I feel like, and I don't, it's so weird to me that my past relationships are coming up in this podcast, but I feel like that's a part of 
like learning too about the type of partner you want to be is going through multiple relationships and learning from them and yeah. learning from them. I mean, I had a lot to learn about myself throughout the course of my first major breakup. I mean, so much to learn about myself um, and about the ways that I was behaving and acting that like could be inappropriate or like ways in which that like, I didn't like, you know, that I didn't speak up for myself, like certain, you know? Um, and so I feel like, you know, all those things have, have led me to, to be able to be a good communicator and to like um, be able to figure out what's important and what's not important as far as like arguing. Yeah. You know, there's certainly like, money, who, whatever. If you're broke, just be broke together. <laughs> like don't argue. Like there's no sense in arguing about it. If you're rich, it's you're really, rich, it's you're really, it's really true. You know? Like one of Melinda's and my, like a song that's reminds uh, me of us, like one of our songs is um, that song, even though we ain't got money. <laughs> Danny's song. Danny's yeah. song. I'm so in love with you, honey. Yeah. yeah. So here's where I want to go. Where are you right now? Like, what do you feel like you two are learning right now? I think that Melinda and I learned a lot about ourselves and each other and are still learning a lot through parenting. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it's, oh, yeah. It's so different. It's a whole set of new yeah, experiences. You see your partner as a parent and it's beautiful and it's challenging. Um, you know, like Melinda is just this extraordinary mom and watching her with Evan is just incredible. But then there's the times when he won't stop screaming (laughs) or, or the other day when it took three hours to get him to sleep. And, you know, so those challenging times, you know, like it's easy to lose your patience with, you can't lose your patience with the baby. So, you know, it's easy to lose your patience with each other because you can't lose your patience with the baby. So that's been challenging, but, but great, you know? It's great. I mean, but that's where the growth mindset comes in because it's like, just when you have your relationship to a place that it feels like, oh, what could possibly, you know, change this in any way, then you have a kid. And it's like, you're like, wow, okay, this can possibly change it in every way, you know? Um, but it's but it's also, like, been a great learning experience for us. And I think we both love learning um, and learning more about each other. And I, de- I definitely think seeing each other in these parenting roles amplifies the love that we feel for each other. Yes. As well. Yeah. Um, and also amplifies the respect we have for each other. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah, there's times when we will lose our patience with each other every once in a while over pretty much over the sleeping. Yeah. I gotta say, if there's, if Evan's not sleeping, that's the only time yeah. we are impatient with each other. Yeah. Because uh, we're all tired, you know? Um, but I, I feel that... Um, I mean, it's been cool. It's been great. I mean, it's it's transformative. Yes. It's, it, it, that's exactly the word. Yeah. It's totally transformative. I, I, I know that sounds cliche, like everybody's like, oh, having a child changed my life. But it really does. I mean, it really makes you want to be a better person. Yeah. It makes you want to do things correctly. And it's such a different kind of love. Oh my gosh. And I'm a, I'm a believer in multiple kinds of love. I think- Can you-, you describe it? Because one thing that I feel like I've been tuning into in this podcast is the language of the heart is very cliche and tacky. <laughs> it's true. And it's like, it doesn't sound good. It sounds stupid kind of, but- <laughs> But, and you don't know it until you know it. Yeah. And so is there a way that you can describe it beyond the cliche? I yes. Oh, gosh. Can I go? Yeah, go ahead. I'm thinking. I mean, the way I have always felt, I feel it's probably having a child feels like you're being literally brought to your knees. Like that's like, 
how it feels. Like you feel like overcome. Like it, it's this, it's this feeling that like takes over you that has nothing to do with yourself. And it's like, it's almost like you have been directly in the line of like this light of spirituality or something. Like it just feels like you're tied to the earth. Yeah. It's also like intense. It's like a humbling. Yeah. It's- well, not humbling. Like it's just For bound. Me- for me, something? it's intensely vulnerable. vulnerable. Like, yeah. Like, okay, okay. Like before Evan was born, you know, if I read about a child abuser or something, like it, it would affect me, and I would get really angry about it, or you know, sad or whatever. But like after Evan was born, I would think about those stories, and I would be like, I want to kill that person. Like I was so, it was such a different level of emotion. Like seeing because you know it's like this baby is born and they're they're completely trusting like completely trusting and completely vulnerable you know and so I don't know it just it just put this whole different it's so different it's it's just bizarre yeah it's 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 so hard to explain I mean the only thing that I can think to say about it is it's almost like a supernova happens inside of you yes I I like that I get, yeah, because yeah, it's like, I feel like I've heard people say, when you have a child, your heart walks around outside of you. And it's like, it's true. Like, just without question, like the second he's born, it's like, yeah, I would definitely die for you. Like, no, no hesitation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I don't, he's, he's so important. And it's, 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 it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Like, he comes first in every sense. Yes. Yeah. But it's a welcome. It's, it's a welcome feeling. It's, yeah it's it's overwhelming it's overwhelming yeah um but it's and it's also something specifically that grace and i had wanted for a long time um was to have a child so now that he's here and that we have him all these feelings are very strong it's very it's very emotional yeah Um, oh yeah we'll just like sometimes it'll be like wednesday and (laughs) i'll just sit around and look at each other and start crying Lately, we were crying because we're like, oh my gosh, he's not, he can walk and, and move, you know? <laughs> like, we missed when he was just a blob. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's so emotional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love all of that. It's so wonderful. Well, you two are fantastic. You are always going to be on the show. My mom is now appeased, though, because <laughs> for people, my mom has been like on my ass. To get you two on this show, which I think is hilarious. I love us some um, Yeah, we, you have to hold the ladies out for a while, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and we, ha- we have, like, discussions like this almost every night. So it's, it's like, <laughs> so it's very hard to keep it under an hour for sure. But I think, thank you all for coming on the show in our little quarantine situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're happy finally do it even though like we like have been together for a month and now we all finally found the time living in the yes city. it was hard to find the time for this actually because baby changes time yeah. quarantine changes time but baby also changes quarantine time it's true because yeah. oh my god that will throw off your whole day yeah. so easy he's so cute though oh well, he's the best he's the he's best, the best. Mm-hmm. he's such a joy it's such yeah. a joy such a joy <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. We love them. Yeah. So, but, all right. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you, Tom. You're welcome. Thank you so much for everything that you share and for sharing your home with me. 
Absolutely. 100%. We love you. We love you. I love you. And uh, thanks again. Bye. Bye. How great was that? Oh, my God. Grace and Melinda are exceptional. They are the best. They have such giant hearts and so much to share. Can you believe that I get to spend my whole extended quarantine experience in their home? Like, we really do have conversations like this every night. It has been amazing. Um, I hope you got something insightful, some gem of wisdom from them. I know I have a lot. I always encourage you to get your own takeaways from these episodes. But in case you're interested in what I got, here are my takeaways. Number one. Did you hear the laughter in this episode? There is just so much love and joy in laughter. So go find people in your life that you can laugh with. It's such an easy way to open your heart and bring more love in your life. I love laughing with these ladies. Number two, don't hold back on life just because you're single. Don't wait for that special person to arrive before you feel fulfilled. Learn to live for yourself first. Choose to love your own life. There's something important that happens when you decide to fully commit to yourself. Number three, too much emphasis on finding love might end up in unhappiness. Live your life for you now, not for what could become in the future. Number four, they say it so much in this episode, communicate until you're blue in the face. Communicate, communicate, communicate. It's all about communication. Number five, In a relationship, a growth mindset and a perspective of continually working to learn your partner is helpful. Learn how to fight. Learn how each other processes. Learn your styles. Learn, learn, learn. There's always another step. Number six, you have to let someone love you back. Be aware if you're the only one putting all the energy into your connection. If you are, then it might be time to move on to greener pastures. A person who loves you will show up to love you in their own time without any effort or games on your part. Number seven, when dating, don't put all your energy into one person and bank on it becoming serious. Play the field. Know your worth and shop it out. Melinda is a great example of this. Until the time comes when you're both ready to commit and show up for each other, don't sink your whole heart into the connection. Number eight, when dating someone, it often happens that people don't realize they're playing games. Grace is a great example of this. Their actions might not be about you at all. They might be entirely in their own world with their own hangups. Try not to take it personal and move on when you're not feeling valued. Number nine, stop fantasizing about whether or not the person you're dating is the love of your life. There's a high chance that this type of behavior will push your partner or the partner of your dreams away. Try to channel your obsessive tendencies into other things that serve you. Number 10, stop dating people that aren't right for you. Know what works for you and know what doesn't from your experience. When the telltale signs of what doesn't work for you appear, don't indulge in that behavior or that connection anymore. Number 11, it's a great tip. When dating online, try to move the online conversation to a phone call or an in-person meeting quickly. I personally do this and it works really well. The connection will most likely be stronger and you won't waste as much time or energy in a connection that might not work out. And lastly, number 12, what do you want your relationship to exude? Welcomeness, joy, family, It's worth it to identify and work towards because it most likely will happen. Grace and Melinda are such an excellent example of this. They have a goal for what they want their relationship to exude, and it is happening in abundance. 
That's all I've got for these ladies today. I hope you enjoyed hearing from them. I know that personally it brings me great joy to share them with you because if you know me personally, you most likely know about my connection with them and the circumstance that I have with them. Uh, But it's also likely that you might not have ever met them or don't know them or know what they're like. I am so happy that I get to share not only their connection with each other but their connection with me and the whole vibe that we kind of have with this podcast and just a heads up that there is a little bit more coming for you i am going to release a bonus episode later this week where we go a little bit more in depth into this topic that we like to call queer family and the dynamics behind kind of what has gone into the creation of their son and how life is with that. There's a lot of questions that come up around that situation and we're going to address some of it and just go deeper into this whole value of family that is so core to who Grace and Melinda are. So please look out for that later this week. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to share this episode with a friend. Word of mouth is by far one of the best ways we're going to get this show out there. So if you love it, share the love. Text it, email it, or even uh, share it on your social media. Also, big update about the show is that we are now available both on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So go to either one, whichever one is best for you, hit subscribe, and you will be updated on all the episodes. How incredible is that? And also with that, we won't be uh, uploading any new episodes to SoundCloud. So if you want to switch to these platforms, I'd be very grateful for that. If you want to take it to even the next level, of appreciation and love you can go to apple podcasts and leave a five-star review tell us why you love it what's great about it that's gonna help get this to many more people and the people who really need to hear it so if you do that very grateful for you so much love today especially as we kind of jump into spring there's so much life and so much renewal i hope your heart is well i'm sending you a whole ton of love your way so do whatever you can to take that love and pass it on to the world because we all know it sure does need it stay tuned for the bonus episode later this week and until then take it easy i'll see you soon